Hi, welcome to Straight Stuff on Addictions. This is Rick Atwater. Um, here we are at Straight Up Studios. We just, I don't know why we named it that, but we just did. It just seems, just seems right to me. Anyway, thanks for joining us tonight, uh, where we are every Sunday night. We changed our time from 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock, so that um, those of you who are working stiffs uh, might be able to catch the show live instead of having to listen to it archived. I know it's a little easier for me. I can keep my eyes open the whole time. Um, and uh, so it'll be uh, Sunday nights at 8 o'clock from now on. Put that on your calendars, please. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to do a little um, uh, ad right here for us. Can you play the jingle? We're going to play the jingle. Burrito Grande. Eat Burrito Grande. Eat that Burrito Grande today. So we'd like to thank our sponsor, Burrito Grande, the best little burrito joint in McHenry County, 140 Crystal Street, right across from the train station in Cary. Go get yourself a taco or a burrito at Burrito Grande. Um, so, and also I want to thank our our resident producer, Chris Atwater, who uh, keeps us running here and does the tech stuff, and our studio audience tonight, which we, we're, you know, we're packed. There's not another seat yeah. in the house. There it is. Um, and uh, I want to also thank uh, Brendan O for the uh, intro music. It's uh, written by uh, written by Brendan, and um, we we would also I, I want to remind you that we'd love for you to uh, call in with questions or comments, or you can follow us on Twitter at Rick Atwater. Um, our regular call in number, as it is every week, is three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven. That's Three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven. So give us a call if you have any questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. Um, tonight's show is recovery and religion, and um, it's a bit of a hot topic around the tables. So just as a just as a I don't know if I should call it a disclaimer, but just to make a statement about about where we're going with this, we're not interested in the relative merits of anyone's religious practices. We're, we're not um, really interested so much in what people do or don't do. We're not here to judge or compare. What we are interested in is one man's journey to find his place with that. And so let me make some introductions tonight. Um, I'd first like to introduce Adam G., who's going to do some talking and tell us about himself. Good evening, Adam. Good evening. Thank you for having me. And listen to that voice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like having a taco from Burrito Grande. Yeah, Burrito Grande. <laughs> One more time, Burrito Grande. And uh, and uh, Ross M, who's been with us before, who's going to give us some uh, give us some music. So, um, thanks, you guys. And let's uh, let's get started with you, Adam. Um, let me let me just ask you if you could maybe give us a little background you told me that at one point you grew up in a very religious home or a religious background can you talk about that a little bit yeah it was a stout roman catholic uh 
background, actually. Mm -hmm. From the earliest childhood memory I have, I've always believed in higher power, always believed in God, um, mainly because I was raised that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, from the earliest childhood memory, I was always, you know, in church every Sunday, every other Saturday in CCD. Altar Um, boy? No, no, I did an altar boy, actually. My parents wanted me to, but uh, I drew the line there. But, um... But, yeah, I mean, always just believed in God. It was always uh, going to church. I didn't really want to go to church because, mm. I mean, just as a young kid, I'd rather be outside playing Ghost in the Graveyard with the kids or something like that. Yeah. But um, but I always still chose to believe in it anyways. Yeah, even though you went sort of against, well, when you're a kid, you kind of would rather be doing other things sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no offense to Catholicism, but the services are like the same every single week. So, I mean, it's just one of those things it, where, as a kid, I'd rather play with the other kids. Were they doing Latin masses at the time, or was it was it not Latin? Not at the church I was going to, at least. Okay. Which my family still goes to that church to this very day. Oh, okay. So. All right. Yeah, because I can remember in the day when, when the masses were regularly in Latin everywhere that, you know, I knew about. And then they fi- I guess they finally changed that to make it a little bit more, for those of us who don't speak Latin, uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Anyway, so they, they would do Spanish once a year, but the only Spanish I know is like Albano. So, and they ironically <laughs> never said that in church. So I, I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure. So, um, okay. So, were your parents? Uh, did, did you feel like they were reasonable about bringing you up in a religious way, or was it a a, a pretty much uh, was it just expected or it was expected? Yeah. And I mean, going to church obviously I was forced because I mean. You know, I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, I had no problem believing in God. I just didn't want to go to church, that's all. And, I mean, you know, kids got better things to do on Saturday mornings than spend a couple hours in CCD. Right. Um, well, can so, you, mean, uh, Can you? As, as, I mean, I'm going to ask this question straight, even though it sounds kind of stupid, but can you be considered a good Catholic and not go to church? Well, I'm not Catholic anymore, so... Uh, that um, might answer my question. <laughs> but um, did you get kicked out, or did you leave on your own? I left on my own. Yeah, okay, left on your own. I went to non-denominationalism, which they gave a denomination name for evangelical. So, um, I oh boy, I would have to say no. It's highly expected for you to be at church every week. Okay, so, in my personal opinion, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, and I think it is. I, I don't know the rules because I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not Catholic and never was, but. Um, but I thought that was the rules. You had to be if you had to be a good Catholic and take confession. Yeah, I mean we were forced to do that a couple of times. I just made up stuff though. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> which is ironic because in hindsight I had a lot of things I probably could have confessed. But um, yeah, you tell you know, I didn't want you to tell them it. what they want to hear and then you do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you just do is, it. Is that the way it works? Yeah, we had to do it to get confirmed. So yeah, I, yeah, there's there's people in the studio audience I think that are understanding what you're talking about anyway here. So okay, so I guess what I'm what I'm hearing from you and what I'm getting at is you you had a, a religious background, but you weren't really into the uh, structure of it. Were, would you consider yourself, a, were you rebellious? How were you about that? Oh, I was extremely rebellious. Um, anything my parents told me to do or like how to think, I would automatically not, you know, do that kind of stuff or think the way they wanted me to think, except to, like the actual belief in God. It was like the only thing I think I ever listened to my parents at. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely rebellious. My parents told me I had to be home by 1130. I mean, I wouldn't, 
yeah, I come home at like 1 a.m. or something completely hammered, but I just flat out told him when I leave, like, all right, I'll be able, you know, home at 1. You know, mm-hmm. kiss my blank. Yeah. I just leave. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. You know, I'm my own person. I'm my own man, even though I'm, you know, a juvenile still. Right. That's just kind of how it goes when you're right. rebellious. Well, what what does a... What does a what does a highly religious family do with a goof like you? <laughs> I think what my mom, they, what my, mom prayed. <laughs> my mom prayed a lot. I did. Yeah. Okay. She told me I took ten years off her life. Okay. Minimum. Okay. Um Your mom's still with us? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's doing great. All right, good. All <laughs> I'm right. trying to just, put those ten years back on. Just checking. <laughs> so they so well, and maybe, you know, I mean it's I won't. We won't jump. I won't jump ahead. But maybe, maybe, maybe prayer worked. Yeah, it took a while, but yeah, yeah. But yeah it did. Yeah, because there's no no clock on it. There's no 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 way you can really predict that. I guess is this it? is true. Yeah. Yeah. So so something something must have gone right. But I, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves. So you were a pretty rebellious kid. Was that from the beginning? Yeah, from the beginning. Um, I mean, just even, you know, I think it was. Like three or four months ago, our family got together for something. I think it was, I don't know, somebody's birthday. I don't remember. But my mom decided to pull out the old, you know, VHS tapes. I'm kind of aging myself by seeing VHS, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, for the younger audience, there was something before DVDs. Mm-hmm. And um, they were about, th- about well, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. We're, we're on the radio, so that doesn't work. Does it? <laughs> they were about that big. You had to rewind, actually. Right. Um, absolutely crazy. You couldn't see uh, Skip or anything like that. But, um, it was uh, Easter Sunday, you know, my parents hid the eggs, and I was flipping out because uh, I knew where more eggs were than my two sisters, and, you know, each of us had a minute to find an egg before the next person came up, and I was getting so ahead, my parents decided, well, we're going to give your sisters three minutes this time. I just was wigging out, and the whole entire video was just me being crabby, and just saying how this is unfair, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm looking at it now, just going, boy, what an ungrateful little bastard. <laughs> you know, how old but- were you then? <laughs> Uh, I think I was like eight. eight. Yeah, eight, nine, uh-huh. somewhere probably like around there. Um, and just, I mean, was throwing temper tantrums. I mean, if I didn't get my own way, you know, I would just completely flip out. Uh, my mom would tell me, you know, calm down this and that. And even at age eight, I just, I would actually tell her to shut up, mm. you know. And, of course, they'd mm-hmm. tell me don't say that, and then i just say it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, way before drugs and alcohol, I was rebellious. Okay. So, obviously... We got we got all the we're setting up all the things we we need here, which is you know kind of the line of questioning anyway. That, you know, I already kind of know what what happens next in this story. So where where does the where does the drugs and alcohol come in? Um, I mean, I got a drunk a couple times freshman year, but you know, no big deal. Uh, it wasn't until the end of my sophomore year that you know I was heavily involved in sports and some of the people. Uh, my team that I played with um, started smoking weed. Hmm. Um, what kind of sports were you into? Football and uh, baseball, okay. especially football. And that yeah. was the crowd that began doing it. And um, I didn't, you know, I don't know. I felt like I wouldn't fit in with my friends if I didn't try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really want to go out and try to find new friends because I just I wasn't really good at making friends in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I just figured I'd just try it. Um, were you considered like when you were in high school? Would would people have considered you a good kid, or I mean, were were you like a a church kid, uh, or were you a troublemaker? I mean, where'd you fit in there, or didn't you? 
That all depends who you ask. Uh, I've actually had people, I've actually had people tell me to this very day, yeah, you were a messed up kid, but deep down inside you were caring and loving, like you had some good in you. Yeah. But I mean, I think if you ask the average person who went to high school with me, they would say, stay away from that kid. He's yeah. in trouble. The police are always after him. He's getting suspended, expelled. You know this and that. Okay. Oh. Um, you weren't. Your reputation wasn't. You didn't have the uh, a halo from. from no, the- I mean when you miss a week and. You know, high school, and then you come back to say that you were in jail um, because you were detained because you violated your juvenile supervised intensive probation, you know, or whatever it yeah. was. No, not um, good. And, of course, in high school, word gets around really quick. Right. Um, but, you know, at the time, I was proud of it, you know. It was street credit. Yeah. You know, it's cool to be locked up. It shows how real tough I am. I'm a yeah. gangster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I kind of helped with that by just so bragging you, Were about you still it. going to church at that time? Um, at 16 when I made my confirmation, which I made a lot of money off of, too. That was kind of cool off my relatives for that. I'm going to have to ask you how you spent that. Uh, On drugs. Okay, thank you. Boom. A lot of drugs, too. If I... Trust me, I I would have tried to get reconfirmed every year. Hold hold on, i got to do something here. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Yeah, I definitely spent it on that. So, uh, but the, after I got confirmed, my mom's like, you know what? I can die and face God face to face and say, I tried to raise him how you'd want me to raise him. Like at this point, it's on your own. And so for, I think like the next two or three years, yeah, I completely stopped going to church. I would read the Bible occasionally though, but I, yeah, I stopped going to church. Would you get high and read the Bible? <laughs> yes, I have done that before. That's, I have. Uh, I would think that would make for a bad buzz. <laughs> I actually uh, tried evangelizing. Did while you? I drink. Well, yeah, because I mean, most of the friends that I was hanging with, you know, they weren't into God. You know, yeah. I think a lot of them were agnostic or atheist. And me and this one guy, though, I mean, we were like, I don't know, we really believed in God. So, um, I mean, we would just be drinking, you know, snorting lines, and we would be getting into religious debates. I mean, it would seriously be like, I'd be like cracking up lines and just being. The, the thing is, you got to understand that they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Damn, who'd you get this shit? This is good stuff. As I was saying, though, the Dead right. Sea Scrolls, they were found, so the Bible's obviously true. So what you have to understand is that there is a God actually out there. No, 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 I want the vodka, not the Captain Morgan. Yeah, give, give me a double shot of that. And that's how I would do it. I, I was never really effective. I don't think I ever got anybody to believe in God doing that. But I thought I was doing the right thing, though. Did you still have your belief? You were Okay. Um, oh, with the God thing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So somehow or another, through all of that, you you were you had you still had the faith that He was watching after you. Yes, absolutely. I you know I knew I was doing the wrong thing. Uh, my excuse was, look, I'm young. Every young kid does drugs and alcohol, which in hindsight is not true. Um, but at the time, that's why I thought that's because everybody that I hung out with was doing right. it. So I thought everybody did it. Right. Um, but I knew deep down inside, God still loved me. I mean, I knew that there was nothing that I could possibly do that would get him. To not stop loving me, mm-hmm. um, I would just tell him, "Look, someday I'm gonna like really be a good soldier for you. Just, mm-hmm. just gotta kind of give me time to let me do my own thing." Okay, all right. So you're in uh, like where are you in high school? Where are we in the story about junior year, junior senior year? It's all the same, really. Just one mm-hmm. big blur. Still in uh-huh. sports? No, God no. Oh, we left that behind. Oh yeah, dropped that. Yeah, in fact, half the football team dropped out. So yeah, because because of drugs or just for various reasons. Drugs, yeah. Drugs, booze. I mean, and drugs, by the way, I, I use it interchangeably. I mean, I, I say drugs, but I... 
I know that it that it's mix and match. Yeah, well, it was mostly drugs though at that time. Drugs were so much more easier to get than booze in high school. Yeah. And alcohol, you actually had to know somebody who was of age. And I mean, parents, you know, supply cabinets, you know, we'd use them. Drugs, you just had to show up to school. I mean, that was it. And there, and there it is. There it is. Yeah. Oop, there it is. <laughs> Oop, there it is. <laughs> Oop, there it is. Okay, see, we had to get that in there. I, I had to work that in there at least. Our plan is to work that in at least three times three tonight. Times. So we got, we're, two, we're two, at two. I'll try to get you another time. All right, see if we can, <laughs> see if we can, see if we can work. Work it in. Okay, so so you're about a you're you're a junior in high school thereabouts. Think, had, did you notice at this point that? But did you feel any any out of control, or were you just doing your thing? Thought a combination of both. I mean, I was breaking into schools for prescription drugs. Um, got narked off for that. It was like eleven felonies, like nine class one A, two class four, all juvenile record mm-hmm. stuff. Though, um, you know, as I said, I I was. You know, spending time in jail, um, not even being at school because of that. I kind of, I could see that, like, you know, even people that I was doing drugs and alcohol with were like, you should maybe kind of cut some of that criminal stuff out. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, even they were kind of like, I think you were going a little over the edge, except for a couple of people that were doing it with me. I kind of knew I was out of control, but just didn't care. I mean, that was just yeah. the life I wanted. Um. I thought it was glorious. I got respect from people that I was hanging out with because I would do stuff that they just didn't have the balls to do. Yeah. Um, well, actually, they had the brains not to do it, I guess, the hindsight. But, but that's I looked at it thinking about at the time. Yeah. yeah. They were with these and you were, right. you know, doing your thing. Yeah. They're trying to go halfway. I'm trying to go all the way. Here. Right. I mean, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all out doing it. I'm not just going to do a little drugs. I'm going to start pulling crime as well. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, so, so I guess we could say it looks like things have progressed. Yeah. And it was like overnight. I mean, it really was. I went from trying weed once to being a pothead. I said I'd just stop at weed, but then acid, mushrooms, you know, prescription drugs, whatever. Um, I mean, all in a matter of probably like six months, I went from just smoking weed to doing, I mean, God, almost every drug in the book. Hmm. Um, And, I mean, surpassing. I mean, a lot of the people that I hung out with just stuck to the weed and maybe acid, like occasionally, I surpassed that, you know, and they were doing it before me. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I was one of the last people in my crew, quote unquote, um, to try, you know, that stuff. They'd mm-hmm. always try it first and I'd try it next, but then I just wanted to surpass them. I was just starting to do stuff that even they wanted nothing to do with. Wait, what, did you, what did you make of that then? I thought I was cooler. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You could just handle it? You could handle it better? I or? could handle it and um, I'm just, you know, as I said, they don't have the balls to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I, in my mind, I thought that people respected and feared me because of that yeah in hindsight they just thought i was really stupid i think but yeah you know at the time that that's i don't know i just i was proud of it i just thought the more i did the more trouble i got into you know if i got suspended i would show my suspension papers to everybody i mean it's something to be proud of at the time i thought right so um, and so yeah it just happened so quick and so i mean did it hit well so to bring to sort of bring religion back into it a little bit we we know you know at this point you're not going to church but you're still some this is the the point at which you're still you're reading the bible from time to time and having religious discussions with your friend yeah. or friends are you having any thoughts that this might not be what uh, god had in mind for you kind of stuff or is, <laughs> it, is that not is that not in the in the thinking well i knew god didn't have it in mind for me um at you least just wanted him to wait until you were done yeah just wait till i'm done um, then, you'd, then you'd get straightened out and yeah, and I didn't have an exact 
answer for when I'd be done. Like I didn't really ever <laughs> plan an age. I knew it had to be after 21 because I was like, well, I can't even go to bars yet. So I mean, yeah. it's got to be at least you gotta 22. Get, you got to get, you gotta get to you that. Know? Yeah, okay. Cool. But once you're 22, you're like, well, I can't ride a car yet. So, you know, i got to continue right. using. Right. Which and has nothing to do with using or running a right. car. Of course, I'm married and you haven't had children yet. So Exactly. So you can do drugs, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things <laughs> that you would have to do. So, okay. So that's the way. So religion really isn't much in the picture for you. It's in the background. and It's, it's just in the back of my mind, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, and it's interesting. How, do you ever think about how it went from the front to the back? Um... Well, I mean, it would have its moments where it would be moved from the front and the back. I mean, uh, eventually I just continuously violated my um, intensive probation by just failing drug tests. Um, Failing for everything or just... No, just weed. I mean, the rest of the stuff gets out pretty quick because it's water-soluble. I would actually do research on this right, (laughs) um, to try to pass the test, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, finally, at age 18, I had violated enough times where they were done with me, and I got locked up in St. Charles um, Department of Corrections. Yeah. Yes, I was 18, but I was still on a juvenile case. At that moment in time, it, it moved to the front of my head. Yeah. Um, you know, but then once I got out, it moved right to the back. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it does that, you know. Religion in transit, you know. God can wait. Yeah, yeah until you absolutely need him. Until you absolutely need him. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. I moved him to the front. And then once I didn't feel like I needed him, once I was out of St. Charles, I just moved him right to the back. Okay. So how long were you in St. Charles? I maxed out. I was under an old law that said I would max out at age 19. I was sentenced to two and a half years, but um, six months is when I was going to turn 19, and my juvenile case would be done, so six months. Yeah. So you you got lucky. Yeah, I got very lucky. Um, In fact, had my lawyer not had settled it in December and waited until January, I would have been under the new law, which would have been 21. So I would have done my half years ah. so timing is everything wow <laughs> i yeah. guess so you came out you're 19 and what what where are you at now what how long did you did you, did you get clean did you stay clean? were you clean when you were in the joint i was clean while i was in the joint um but that was more by force yeah um but at the same time i i really i mean i was intensely searching for god um i was actually one of the people who was like locked up where people looked up to me if they had questions about god they they constantly see me like read the Bible and stuff like that. Um, I really had, I really had an earnest desire to get out and not do the stuff I was doing and just completely change. When you were when you were in there, yeah, when I was or, in there, yeah, yeah. But then like you know you go from six months left to like thirty days and you start thinking maybe I could smoke weed once, yeah, just stay away from everything else. Then two weeks into it, you're like, I think I could party a little. And then, like, five days into it, you're like, God, I can't wait to just go back. Yeah. And, you know, within two hours, I was high. Had you so. had any treatment up to that point or any uh, counseling or anything like that? Yeah, or? I had a ton of treatment. All court, you know, mandated. I kept on getting arrested as a juvenile even before this stuff. I'd gone through um, an outpatient treatment through NICASA, an intensive outpatient program through Gateway. Um, that was, like, four days a week. Uh, one-on-one counseling, and that's just off the top of my head. Uh, they did have some counseling in St. Charles, but then they lost the funding for it So <laughs> right as I came in, so I didn't get any there. So had anybody – so you'd been told? Oh, yeah, I'd been told. You, yeah. knew, you, you knew you had, you knew you had the, 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 uh, uh, the, the problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. And as I said, I mean, even intensive treatment. 
Um, they went along with intensive probation. Everything I had, I guess, was intensive. How were you feeling? How were you feeling about the treatment? I mean, what was the what was your head doing with the treatment? Just get it over with, so then you can satisfy the courts, so then they can stop drug testing you. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. still using though. I mean, even though you were I still using drug tested, I, yeah, I, I was just you. you know I was just bringing it up to the line. You know, if cocaine takes two to four days and it's water soluble, cool. Just you know, you know you're gonna have to piss maybe in three days, so just don't use in the next three days. Right, and then you're Stuff good to like go. That. Sure. Yeah, and you know when you you know when the probation uh, your your meeting with your probation officer is. They don't usually call you up and say come and and pee, do they? No, I guess now they do, though, from what I've heard. Um, and now they give you like 20 minutes notice or something. This, that's just what I've heard. But yeah, at the time, no, they were, I mean, in hindsight, they were so awful. It's like they, they made a way for kids almost to get away with it and use. Why would you give a kid, you know, four days warning, you know, that we're going to meet in four days? They never surprised me. me. Um, and I mean, that was part of the contract, you know, part of the deal that my lawyer gave me. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, you know, so it, you I actually it didn't got, work to a T. I failed some tests, but you actually got a a legal deal that they would let you know they wouldn't surprise test you. Yeah, it was just like you know, it would start out once a week, I'd have to meet them, and then you know, if I yeah. did well, then once every other week. Oh, okay, uh, but it was always like that. yeah, but it was never a visit. It was never a surprise visit. No, never. Okay, interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting how that works, and I think that's changed though. <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't got luckily I have no reason to have been arrested for a long time, so I don't <laughs> well, know. Well yeah, let's yeah, let's just yeah, we'll I'm jaywalk. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll just let that be a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> for 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 now and forevermore. Okay, so all right. So we're up to um so you, you get out of uh you get out of there and now you're you've been have you been through treatment outside of Saint Charles or are you still all your treatment was before St. Charles and while you were in? It was all before. Okay. Yeah, it was all before. All right. 19, since I maxed out, juvenile cases closed, I have a fresh start. Okay. And so you wait a while, and then you start diddling around again. I waited like two hours. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God. You had two hours of sobriety. It's only because I couldn't get it. It took a couple of hours. Right. <laughs> all right. So about two hours. That's good. And then by my way, it would have been 10 minutes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And by that time, were you still smoking weed? Is it was weed what you were? Yeah, after? weed is why I immediately went into. Well, I mean, my drug of choice at that time was uh, actually Ritalin. Oh, that's what I was breaking the schools for. I had like a forty pill a day habit, mm. and that's how I supported it. Was breaking into you know middle school and mm -hmm. high school nurses' offices. I can't tell you how many kids are like ADD and ADHD. I had I had more pharmaceuticals of like Ritalin and Adderall and Dexatrin than like SIBA probably had in their warehouses. <laughs> Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but I mean, I would have just hundreds of bottles of Ritalin. I mean, it was enough to keep me high for a month. Really? You know, 40 pills a day easily. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot. lot that's a, a lot of pills. That's a lot of pills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's some people that would say, you you know, that it's hard to even develop a tolerance for that. Do you think you did you develop a tolerance for it? Did you notice a change? Well, I mean, one night I snorted seventy pills, I think, in eight hours. So I guess I had a high tolerance. I guess so. I, I got to the point where I don't think, and I don't know if this is right or not, but at the time, and I almost still feel like I don't know if I could have OD'd on that stuff. I don't know. I mean, one day I went on like a three-day binge, and I started by the third evening. The more I did, the tired, like the more tired I got. Of course, I didn't eat for three days because the stuff takes your appetite away. Right. Um. So yeah, I had a high tolerance story, and that was my drug of choice: was putting stuff up my nose, specifically stimulants. Okay. All right. 
Well, here's what we're going to do. I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to kind of stop it at that point and maybe uh, ask. Uh, we're going to we're going to do some a little bit of live music like we usually do here in the middle. I've asked uh, I've asked Russ M to play us a couple songs and he's got one on tap here. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use in <laughs> the show, but I just did it. Whoop! There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's number three. <laughs> okay, uh, Russ, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. And oh, uh, thanks for doing the jingle too. I want to thank that was Russ doing the jingle. Fine jingle. No problem. That was good a good deal. That was a good jingle. Okay. Well, this song is called "Put Him in My Spine." I wrote this back in 2005, and it kind of goes along with Adam's story about not caring what people think and doing what you want to do and living your convictions, whether it's true or not. It's true for you, and you're just doing what you want to do. So. Uh, here we go. It doesn't really matter what people think. Do what I need. Say what I believe. Live my conviction. Take action all the time. God always knows. Put him in my spine. Don't take advice of people on the surge. Listen to the hunch inside for God is at work. He cares for you. Yes, it's true. He always tells us the right thing to do. Well, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I've been. I'm following my truth from the deep within. My life is so exciting, it scares me to death. Hang on for the ride, the rest is a bit. Hey, only you can hear it. Listen, only you can feel it. Watch out, don't miss it. Trust and take it to the Lord. Thing. Do what I need, say what I believe, live my conviction, take action all the time. God always knows, put him in my spine. Hey, only you can hear it, listen, only you can feel it. Watch out, don't miss it, trust, and take it to the Lord. There we go. Thank you, put him in my spine. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to? Uh, do you have another song for us now that you'd like to do? Or? Yeah, we can yeah. squeeze. You want to squeeze in another one? Yeah, we, we, we got. I'm gonna have somebody play the drums on the back here. We have a little <laughs> percussion. Yeah, this this song I wrote actually uh, about three years ago. It's called "We Are People," and um, you know, being in recovery myself, you know, you go from being selfish and self-centered and just rocking, man, and doing your own thing to realizing that you know we're part of a bigger bigger group of people and uh, what we want to do is just add more love in the world and help people recover so this is a, a song it's not religion specific um, but anyway it uh, you may you be the judge <laughs> so we are people yeah. hang on let me let me get a different key here there we go we are people that the world can see We are people that want to be We are people that travel near and far We are people who really raise the bar For our love of God and others Is our priority Our love of God and others It's the 
God, I want to be in me. We are people that go out of our way. We are people who ask others to pray. We are people who share our things. We are people who live in blessing for our love of God and others is our priority. Our love of God and others is the God I want to be in me. We are people. We are people that are unified. We are people. That understand why we are people who take the gifts of God. We are people who lay the spiritual side for our love of God and others is our priority. Our love of God and others is the God I want to be in me. We are people. Oh yeah, we are people. Oh yeah, we are people. Oh yeah, we are people. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rusty. Appreciate it. Kind of like that one. Okay. Um, back to you, Adam. Uh, so. I guess where we where kind of where we left off was um, your you know post uh, incarceration and uh, so maybe take us up to the point where you'd had enough. Oh wow! Um, well, I got out at nineteen. Uh, I would say the first time I seriously considered quitting was probably twenty four. Okay. So, I mean, there's like a five year. So we got five years. Yeah. yeah. So, well, t- tell us a little I, bit about that. Well, I mean, I did quit my Ritalin addiction on my own. Um, it was really easy. I just got into cocaine. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an e- easy way to quit Ritalin. Yeah. And yeah, I got pretty heavy into that. And um, I also got two DUIs hmm. in those five years. So one of them was 21. Um, I was given two years of supervision, completed the two years of supervision. I actually quit being a pothead after that, too, mm-hmm. after my first DUI. I remembered, you know, getting drug tested, and that's why I went to St. Charles, because, you know, that was the way I violated my juvenile probation. So I said I had enough of that. Right. Um, so I, I pretty much quit. I'm not saying that, you know, occasionally I wouldn't smoke, but it was rare. Um, not enough, you know, to ever really worry about failing a drug test if you're smoking, like, once a season. Right. But the, that's when I got into drinking, when I turned 21, a lot. Uh, 2021, and uh, the DUI happened, didn't lose my license, stayed cool for two years, just drinking and doing coke. And... You still living with your folks at that time? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no future of moving out. Yeah. And and I didn't really care either. It didn't really matter to me. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. No thought of college whatsoever, either until after my first DUI. Once I got out of, off of weed... I did get a little ambition. I did start going to school. I had uh, two years of community college. Did really well, actually. Uh, I amazed myself. 
but I was also I also really wanted to do something with my life as well. Getting off of weed just did that for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, still was doing coke and alcohol though. But the thing is, after the two years of the supervision, three months went by, and boom, I got a second DUI. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really see it as that big of a deal though, because I was going away to NIU anyways for college, and I figured I wouldn't need a car for two years, and I lost my license for a year on that DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking had become a real big problem in college for me. Basically, it was ruining my relationships with people that I date, I noticed. Yeah. Like how? They said I was a raging asshole just when <laughs> I drank. I don't know. That's a simple answer. <laughs> they, I always thought they were overreacting. You know, I, I met this girl, fell in love with her. Her name was Michelle. And um, beautiful girl. And she just had a problem with my drinking. She just said I acted differently. I was inconsiderate really selfish when I was drinking. She said when I wasn't, I was a pretty decent guy. Right. Um, But, yeah, just when I was drinking, it was a whole different story. It was at that time for the first time, I don't know how long had I been using it this time, roughly probably eight years. It was at that time for the first time that I decided maybe I should quit. Mm -hmm. You know, because I didn't want to lose her. I mean, I had fell in love with the girls before, but this was like, we're getting married, love. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. So I told her I was done, you know, until the next you know, four or five days later, Thirsty Thursday would come, which is like the biggest drinking night on most college campuses. And, you know, I would manipulate her into just letting me drink. Mm-hmm. I do it every single week. Yeah. And I, I found it fun manipulating her, actually. I hate to say it, but, like, I, I kind of got this, I don't yeah. know, sense of happiness knowing that I could change her mind on that kind of stuff. Sure. But, you know, our friends who we have mutual friends would say, you know what, it's getting to the point where we don't want to hang out with you, you two, you know, if you two are together and you guys are drinking because just crap hits the fan, man, when you're drinking and you two are around. Um, I told her eventually that I wasn't going to quit because, you know, after weeks, weeks, and months, and months of telling her that and then going out and drinking, I finally told her, okay, when I get into law school, I've been accepted to law school at this point, just to had to polish off my senior year. And I told her I would definitely quit when I went to law school because there's no way I was going to pass law school drinking and using how I was you know, using. So I told her just, you know, have a little more patience and um, I'll get clean and you'll marry a rich lawyer one day. So none of this will matter. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she boogied. She didn't. She actually stuck with it. She stuck with it. Yeah, she stuck with it. Uh, I feel so bad for her to this very day. (laughs) I don't know what was like something, something I think in hindsight was wrong with her because why you would have stuck with me. I have no idea. Um, I don't have time to tell you all the stories, but I mean, we would just get into so many hardcore fights. But um, that's a di- that that question you just asked about what was wrong with her that she stayed with you. That'll be that'll be a whole different show. Yeah, we'll, we'll go there. We will go, we'll go there, but not tonight. Not tonight, though. <laughs> I uh, you know, law school was in Virginia Beach. Um, I went to a Christian law school. I purposely chose that as my number one law school for me to want to go to because in hindsight, I thought it would help me get off of alcohol and drugs. I knew deep down inside that it was going to be pretty difficult. I'd already tried quitting many times and wasn't having any success. You still considered yourself a Christian this whole time? Yeah, and I was back going to church. Oh, yeah, I started going back to church when I was like 20. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Actively? Yes. Oh, yeah. Every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Even hungover. Didn't care. And um, what... Why? Because deep down inside, I knew it was the right thing to do. And it made me feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, here I am. I'm doing so much things that I'm sure God is not thrilled about. 
Um, it made me feel like that at least on Sunday morning, early afternoon, I was doing the right thing. And I kind of felt that God was really happy about that. So I figured, okay, I'm going to do my thing, but I'll also, you know, I'll meet you halfway, God. We'll negotiate on this one, okay? Yeah, I didn't know this Sunday morning and early afternoon. Yeah, and then I get the rest. Yeah, okay. But I mean, it's negotiating. I mean, I could have given God a deal of I'm not going at all. So I mean, I kind of felt like he should just take something. Yeah, he He should take what I'm offering. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that the studio audience is having a good time with that, but that's okay. I mean, you know, we're talking about, we're not talking about, we're, we didn't invite you here to talk about healthy thinking, okay? So, we're all good. So, all right, so. And if you ever screwed me over, I take that away from him. So, he knew to stay in line with me. Is my thought process. There you go. Yeah, don't give me any trouble yeah, or I'm or, cutting you out in I'll take Sunday mornings out. Yeah, How do you feel then? In early afternoon, yeah. you're done. Okay, so. All right, very good. So you're so you're going to church and uh, you're going to law. You're in law school. You're you're how old are you now? About twenty two. I think like twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't start going to school until I was twenty two. All right. Oh wait. So yeah, I guess I'd be a little older. Twenty seven, maybe. God, I don't even know. We'll just we'll compromise and say twenty six. All right. <laughs> good enough. That's good enough. So so now bring us to the point where you've decided to have enough. Where, where did that come in? What 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 was still a lot longer? That's just what I'm trying to like quit. Okay. Um, law school, yeah, I didn't quit. I mean, needless to say, uh, I I thought that Christians didn't drink or use drugs. I didn't think about the fact that I was a Christian. I was drinking, and using drugs. I just right. thought I was the only one. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of law school students did, but they weren't addicted to it. You know, yeah. they would go out, and then we were all on academic probation, and none of us ever even knew what academic was you know, probation was in college because we got really good grades, you know, in undergrad. And so when they got that, you know, we came back from winter break and they were like, we're not going out drinking anymore. Like we're done. We, you know, we got to get through this. And I was like, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Problem is I kept going out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they had so many bars, you know, down the strip in Virginia beach. I just, you know, to me, I was having the time of my life until I woke up the next morning and then people would tell me what I did, of course, but then I just drink it off the next weekend I, I eventually got academically dismissed after my first year. Uh, I even found the second semester, I found a cocaine dealer. And I mean, that just really just put the cherry on the topping, I guess. Mm. Came back, you know, the only reason why I started going to college was to be a lawyer. I didn't want a bachelor's degree. I didn't go to law school. They just told me I needed a bachelor's degree mm. and preferably a minor um, to go to law school. So now I'm stuck with like a marketing degree, a minor in philosophy. Don't really care to do either. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a really heavy love for politics, so I figured I would write a book on politics, and mm. so I did, and uh, and I was a very angry individual. I do actually have copies of the book. I have like 100 in my closet. If you mm-hmm. ever read it, you'd be like, wow, you were really pissed off <laughs> at the time you wrote this. And yeah, I was a very angry individual, and um, you know that didn't go, the marketing didn't work out, didn't really have the funds to market it. You know, part of the reason why I wanted to be a lawyer was to be rich. I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, even though I had no interest in it. And then I decided I wanted to be an ambulance chaser and have no shame in it either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, really an ambulance chaser. Like if I... Yeah, like knocking on the doors. Yeah, the like, oh, car like, accident. Pull over and give me, you know, yeah. give them the card and start asking questions. Did they touch you wrong in this area? <laughs> or like, did they move your elbow? Because we can sue for a million. Uh, and I have no shame doing it. So I was hoping to be a number New York number one selling author. That didn't end up working out. Uh, so I ended up going into the business sector 
just doing stuff I didn't really care to do. And, um, you know, I mean, they say, you know, the illness of addiction is progressive and it just gets worse and worse. And uh, emotionally, it was just getting worse and worse. And I had, you know, all this time, I was pretty much trying to quit every single time I did it. You know, Mm. the next day, I was like, I'm done. And I mean, that that went on for like another three years. Yeah. Um, And then, and... And I want to I want to make sure I want to get to where where we where the shift occurs because I want time I want to have enough time for you to talk about the now part. Yeah, I said um 2011 I was done. Okay. So I partied it up, and then beginning of 2011 still continued using, and then the last time I used, I I was I was very non-sociable on cocaine. Didn't start that way, but it finished that way. I was alone in my room doing my ball like I do alone, drinking, and I'm pretty sure I almost had a heart attack. Hmm. And I had never, in the 13 years of putting stimulants and amphetamines in my body, never felt that way. Hmm. And uh, that really freaked me out. I, I looked up at the ceiling symbolically and just said, God, don't let me die. Hmm. Like, please don't let me die. I always wanted to die, but at that moment in time, now that I was going to die, I also just completely reneged and changed my yeah. mind. <laughs> I was like, I, I really don't want to die. And... <laughs> Yeah. But you know, there's you know, I thought of, I did. Yeah, I thought no, I did. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking now that I don't. Yeah. But there is a mound of coke still on the table, and I mean, flat out, I just told God, I, I can't throw it out. I just can't. If if doing more means I'm going to die, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But please let me just, you know, get through the rest of the coke, the alcohol, the sleeping pills, so I can sleep. I swear to God, I will try going to a support group. Mm-hmm. Um. That was pretty much for like six months prior. I pretty much thought that AA might have been the only way because I knew some people that did end up going there and they said it worked for them. Yeah. So I figured, okay, why not? And uh, so that was January 23rd, 2011. Uh, the next week came and I did go to my first AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And that was it from there. And then, okay. So oh, I didn't know if I, shoot, was I supposed to say AA? Never mind. Well, it's okay. It was a 12-step group. Yeah, it's fine. That I will not say. Yeah, you will not <laughs> no, I just did. Yeah. Okay, anonymous person. <laughs> anonymous um, person. <laughs> whoever you are that goes to My views do not reflect alcoholics. Who goes to a 12, 12-step group? Um, so, so let's, so let me talk, let me ask a little bit about where, where you are with your religion now. I'm still very religious. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about. Let's let me ask it a different way. I, like your relationship with God was kind of uh, uh, one that sounded like it was pretty. Uh, like you were negotiating. You were more a little bit more in charge than God was, and the negotiations were taking place. Just a little. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how has that changed since you got sober? Well, I mean, first of all, I found spirituality. In, in the 12 step group that I go to, which to me is a little different from religion, but I'm religious and spiritual. Tell I, me I about that. Tell thing. me the difference. <laughs> or, well, as, as you understand it. Yeah, really. I mean, I've heard all sorts of different, different answers on this. So I, I in, just want to know yours. In my personal experience, I found religion more of this is what you have to do. Okay. And I mean, this is what you're allowed to do, this is what you're not allowed to do, and this is where you have to be on Sundays, uh, and you have to read this you know, verse, you know, on this day, that verse on that day. And nowhere really in anything I just said there was I really talking about a relationship with God whatsoever. It was just stuff that I had to do or not do, um, things of that nature. Spirituality, I don't see it so much as rules. It's just more of just my relationship with God. Like, uh, 
I communicate with God, and I kind of learn more about God. I'm not saying that I, as a Christian, that I don't read the Bible anymore. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one way I can learn about my higher power. But I learn a lot more about him now just praying and seeking out his will through the steps. And that's something that religion never really taught me. Can, so you can have so you can have both religion and spirituality. I think so. Yeah, I you mean, do. I like to think I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. in my opinion, you can. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to me, spirituality for me is just more just having an actual relationship with God instead of just you know I'm going to church why because I have to mm-hmm. because it's, I'm supposed to mm-hmm. you know kind of thing. That to me is religion. Mm-hmm. Spirituality is more I'm doing this because I want to because. I feel that through the communication I have with my best friend, savior, whatever you want to call your higher power, um, that's just the that's something that I want to do because I want to be closer right. to him. I'm not, you know, going through my mind. Don't covet your neighbor's wife anymore. You right. Know, that, that's just rules. Okay. I'm not saying that you know I'd like to violate those rules. Right. Although I do have a hot neighbor who's married. Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's number four or five. But. Uh, but I don't, I don't okay. think about that stuff anymore. Those are rules. I would just rather just have a relationship with God. So I'm yeah. I'm friends with Shane, but Shane doesn't lay me down a bunch of rules. Yeah. You know, of this is what you do and this is what you don't do. Yeah. So we just talk, you know, when we hang out, it's just more shooting the, I'm just going to say stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just talk to each other and we, you know, I think if you do that, you grow closer with God, from my experience at least. So how can you, can you tell me how what the what the mechanism was for you or what the how did you get from one place to the other how did you get what specifically did you do to get from following the rules to having having a relationship was there anything that you could say specifically that helped you with that yeah i mean it was it was trying something different you know, instead of, I would always go to church thinking that that would be the answer to wipe my addiction away. And, I mean, the reality of it, though, was that it wasn't working for me. Okay. So when I tried something new, the new thing, being a 12-step program, you know, I was taking moral inventories, uh, making amends to people. And I'm not saying that those aren't biblical principles that you can't find in the Bible, because you can. But it's not stuff that they ever really talked about as much in church. And, and if they yeah. did, I guess I didn't, just didn't have a desperation to do it. I don't know. I've been to so many church sermons my whole entire life. No one's ever told me to do a moral inventory of myself, at least how the 12 steps taught me to do it. Right. I know that there was confession, things of that nature, but that's just not the same as taking a moral inventory on paper, lining up my fears, um, people that I just couldn't stand. So things it sounds of that like nature. you needed like a kind of step-by-step instructions. Yeah, I needed a manual. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of what the program is. Yeah, I mean, church, God bless church. You know, I still go to church, but church doesn't focus on addiction. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million different things to preach about at church. Sure. The like 12, coveting. Yeah, like <laughs> coveting that neighbor's wife. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, sometimes I guess I have to hear. Um, but, um, you know, the 12-step program that I go to, it focuses on addiction. Right. It carries over in every aspect of my life I ended up learning. But, I mean, the main focus is addiction, and that's something that for an alcoholic and an addict like me, I need that. Maybe that's where you needed to start. Yes. And then you could have added the other later. But Yeah, and church is a good supplement for me. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the 12 steps that really got me clean not going to church. 
with that said, um, I do find that I get more out of the Bible now, yeah. and I get more out of the sermons now as a result of working the 12 steps. Yeah, yeah I'm glad so, you said that. yeah. that's what I want to ask you about. Absolutely. It? The religious really does, I mean, the religious aspect of me has grown as a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it wouldn't have grown ever if I didn't do that. I just needed a program that just focused on the problems that I had, which was addiction. And, I mean, the, the thinking that I, problem that I still have to this very day. And uh, the church is just a good supplement for that. Are you still in school? No. Um, I do have the bachelor's in marketing minor philosophy. I could go back to law school. I have no wanting to whatsoever. You don't? No. Okay. Absolutely not. You're done right now? Yeah, completely. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever go back. Okay. I could be wrong though. Okay. Yeah. So and it, so um, you've you've been through uh, you know you've been through various things and you've kind of found it sounds like you kind of found your niche with your you know where spirituality and religion fit for you. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And I mean, and they do go together to accept for me at least. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, as I said. I, I find like the the principles in the twelve step program I go to. I, I actually now see those in the Bible. Yeah, I didn't really see that stuff before though. Yeah. So I mean, it, it kind of took really working the program and trying that out to see. Oh, I mean, in hindsight, I've actually have been taught some of this to an extent <laughs> my whole yeah. entire life. It just never really occurred to me. I yeah, guess. I've heard that some of those were kind of borrowed even from you know. The yeah, end of things. in Maybe my in my personal opinion, bit. yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, because you got the whole Oxford group, which based theirs on Christianity, and, and yeah. in my how I was taught was Bill W. Well, I don't know if I should mention his yeah. name. Whatever. Okay, there's you a guy know, named the founder Bill w. of the alleged <laughs> the founder of the <laughs> program <laughs> that, that I tried not to say the name to. Rumor has it, you know. He learned it from the Oxford group, which learned it from the Bible. Now, you could take that or leave that. You know, you could say, no, that's not true. I don't know. That's just my opinion. That's how it went. Well, let's just say the principles are similar and can be found in both places. So sure. what, what, what are we going to do? Somehow they got found. That's yeah. The, that's the most important part. <laughs> well, let me, let me just uh, uh, kind of put a wrap on our conversation for now by saying thank you for sharing that stuff with us because I think – I think it's really helpful for people to hear how those things can go together, and and we don't have because there's a lot of I know there's always there's always a lot of talk around the tables of you know it's it's one or the other and uh, in, at least in your case it doesn't have to be that and I'm glad yeah absolutely and I wouldn't want it I would never want to drop my religious you yeah. know part of me I certainly don't want to drop the spirituality aspect so. Um, for me, it's just good to have both. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, I think people got to find whatever works for them. You know, whatever works for you to keep you clean and improving yourself, you know, with your higher power, I'd say do it. And it works for you. Yeah, this this happens to work for me. So. I, I want to thank you for coming and sharing and uh, giving us your story. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna give a, give us a little uh, – I need to do our, our exit at this point and, and – and, just say a few things in closing, and then, Russ, you're going to play us out, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. All right. So thanks to you, and thanks to you guys for coming tonight, um, for joining us. And I will email out the link for next week's show when I get it put together, which will be sometime in the middle of next week. If it if things go the way they usually go, it will be towards the end of next week. <laughs> and uh, – 
I want to ask you to remember to live today and love yourself and love your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we'd like your feedback and ideas, so call us, email us, or uh, contact us at uh, Twitter. <laughs> Russ, I'll turn it over to you. The song is called Here I Am Today. Sounds like that's where Adam's living. Lord, I want to be a servant. Here I am today. It amazes me hope I get caught in things along life's way. I try so hard to seek you in everything I do. Lord, I want to be a servant. So here I am today. I look back on my day's decisions. I see the choices I made. It's the little ones that bother me that somehow get in the way. The little white lies I realize are the ones that hurt the most. Lord, I want to be a servant. So here I am today. So now the peace that I'm feeling is freedom from dishonesty. The guilt is gone from my soul when I apply your grace to me. Just simply telling you and others is the way that keeps me close. Lord, I want to be a servant. So here I am today. For I see you so far away, then come the close. The cozy feeling that you bring is what I come to know. Father, thanks for sending your son to die in my place. I give my life to you, Lord. Cause I want your saving Lord, I want to be a servant Here I am today It amazes me who I get caught In things along life's way I try so hard to seek you In everything I do Lord, I want to be a servant, so here I am today. Lord, I want to be a servant, so here I am today.